0: Dean McHawes, again, uh, another episode um, of Builders Problem Solved. I always feel like I need to look over my shoulder to remember what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> we, do, we do different sort of Facebook Lives and this, that and the other and uh, uh, I need to look over my shoulder to see what's on the TV screen here to remember what we're actually doing this time. I am super pumped, super excited for... Uh, for this evening. Um, Many moons ago, you may well know that uh, we used to do a podcast. Again, one of those, Oh, I've just broken everything. Uh, One of those things that you wonder why you did it, because it just seemed like a good idea at the time. And I was generating a whole lot of interest from uh, US businesses and our market wasn't even in the US. But anyway, it's a whole nother story. And we we had a, a show called Builders Problems Solved. Uh, no, that's what we're doing now. It was called Small Business Smart Solutions. And uh, I interviewed an incredible man from Victoria. His name's Tristan White, and we've got him back this evening. I'm not going to talk about uh, his story because I want Tristan to tell the story it was amazing when I spoke to him the first time. I, from what I gather, it's growing and and and, and getting better uh, as he goes along. So um, Tristan White, thank you so much for uh, being on Builders Problem Solved.
1: Mick, it is an absolute pleasure to be on here with you, so thanks for the invitation.
0: Now, where do we find you uh, in the universe here this evening?
1: Yeah, in the universe, you find me in South Melbourne. So I'm in I'm in Melbourne and the uh, the PhysioCo's head office is here in South Melbourne and so I've been here for for a few days uh, working with my team in the head office but we do have uh, have team members right around Australia so you do I do get around a bit.
0: Yeah, so uh, the the short version, as I said before we got started, this program disappears in the blink of an eye. Um, the short version of of how you got started building Co, uh, and along that journey, what, what pennies dropped to cause you to focus so much on building the amazing culture that you've built?
1: Yeah, th- thanks, Mick. So the short story goes something like uh, important part of the story is I'm a, I'm a qualified physiotherapist, uh, finished my study, started working in a typical physio private practice type of job uh, where I got to work at the local footy club and help out the um, uh, the, the sports teams as well as people with who'd injured themselves at work and, and the like, and really thought that's where my career was headed. Didn't love it. Nick had this real challenge in the early days of my head. Thought I was in the right place. My heart was was just not satisfied. Just didn't like what I was doing. Didn't think I was making a real difference in the world. And so I left that first job that I had out of, out of uni. I started working of all places, uh, in nursing homes with older people uh, in nursing homes, helping older people stay mobile, safe and happy. And, and Mick, I didn't tell a soul apart from my mum and my dad and I was embarrassed by the fact <laughs> that I'd gone from a career direction in sports physiotherapy to a, uh, a job working with older people in nursing homes. Uh, but I just loved it. And uh, so I, I loved helping older people stay as mobile as I possible uh, after the first year, I had more work that I could handle myself, and so I started employing a small number of physios, and, and Mick, after about five years, it was me, and we got to about a size of 20 people, which is a decent size small business, and uh, and at that point, Mick, I was stuck. I'd become a supervisor. I'd become a very reactive boss who was just answering questions all day, every day, and I just wasn't loving what I was doing again. And so, Mick, it was at that point I realized I had to figure this out. How do you build this business? How do you build a business but make it enjoyable, fun, and fun for me and fun for other people as well? And so it's at that point that I focused on building a really strong culture and um, along with the challenges, the ups and downs of running a business, uh, but I've been very fortunate to now. We're into our 15th year at the Co. Mick, and we've got a team of about 140 team members uh, in six states of Australia, working with older people um, all the way around Australia, and we're we're very proud of the of the work we do. Uh, but the basics of helping older people stay mobile, safe, and happy are right there from from day one, where I where I started from. So, how's that for a
0: short version, Mick? That was excellent. It was very concise. I <laughs> liked it. Um, just need to say good day to a few people watching. We've got Adam, we've got Mick Wilkinson, Wayne O, Richmond Tiges, Anton Smith, Scotty Carson is with us. Justin Marshall is watching. Uh, Demir is here. Stevie O is watching. Hugh and Robbie Winter has just joined, and they all say good day. Um, mm-hmm. One of the most impressive things that I remember from researching you from that initial interview was you were voted multiple times. Um, I can't remember the exact words, but it was along the lines of the best place to work in the universe ever. <laughs> 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 uh, or maybe in Australia. What was the award? And I know you've won it mo- or you've, you've been in the top 50 multiple times. I think you've been number one at one stage.
1: Yeah, so so Mick, every every year the BRW BRW magazine uh, runs a research um, study where they come up with Australia's fifty best places to work according to their study, and uh, we sort of fell into it in the early days. Uh, Mick, we entered the study to try and get some feedback from our team members because getting feedback as to what your your workers and your team are, are um are thinking and feeling and and how they they can um they can help us improve is really important. And as a boss, as a, a young boss who didn't really know what I was doing, um, I, I thought getting feedback via a study was a was a reasonable idea. So we, we entered that process, and lo and behold, we got listed in this magazine as one of Australia's 50 best places to work, which was a huge uh, honor. And, and Mick, the next eight years in a row, so a grand total of nine in a row, we've been on that list. We've been one of Australia's 50 best places to work. Incredible. I, 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 I pinch myself every time I think about it. But, yeah, that's that's the awards we've
0: been lucky enough to win. And and there's something that we talk about a fair bit in Black Belt is there's this magical thing that starts to happen in a business when you start to measure something without necessarily setting goals or having any purpose to try and shift it or change it or improve it. That yeah. happens anyway. Did, did that – happened just because like there was a bit of a measurement going on about the the value of your culture or how good your culture was did it just start to improve because it was being measured
1: yeah entirely So, so so we fell into it in the in the first year Mick there's no question that we fell into that award uh but once we figured out that if we into um, this study and became the the first year we were the thirty seventh best place to work in Australia according to that that award or that list, and so we peered off into the future and decided that imagine if we could hit the top ten mm. of that uh, in that list and and so I'm big on this idea of thinking big and then acting small. And so the think big was, imagine if we could become one of Australia's top 10 places to work. Imagine how that would feel for our team members who are here now, and imagine what it would mean for our ability to recruit more people. Uh, So that's a think big big concept, but act small. What are the small things we're going to do every day, day in, day out, week in, week out, to to bring that that vision to life? And I'm with you a thousand percent that when you have the discipline to measure things, just pay attention to what's working, what's not working. And then over time, you get this gradual incremental improvement that um, that you don't realise, but it but it does happen over a period of time.
0: I love that "think big, act small" thing so much. Like that is so brilliant, and we need to be taking notes out there in in Facebook group land about this sort of stuff because if you think small not much changes if you think big and try and act big straight away the, the you don't have the skills you don't have the resources you don't have whatever to be able to to act big so you think big act small and over time you kind of grow into that big big thinking and you enjoy the benefits of it. So it's a, you know, what an awesome thing to to learn and take from um, this, this conversation here this evening. Now, one of the things that, that I believe uh, is that it just doesn't matter from a builder's perspective. It doesn't matter how good a builder you are. It doesn't even matter how good of a, a communicator you are, how much of a nice guy you are, all of that sort of stuff. There are only 24 hours in a day. It is impossible to leverage your your self uh, to be able to get everything done to scale your business to give you the time and financial freedom that many of you dream of. So we no matter which way you cut it, you've got to have a team. You've got to. Um, and and so what I'd like to start to to tap into with your experience, Tristan, is what are some of the simple. Uh, first mindset shifts that you might need to make to begin to build a culture? And then then maybe what are some of the actions that you need to start to take on a regular basis to, to build a culture? Because to me, it all begins and ends with culture. You can't just stand there like a traffic policeman telling everybody what to do and now jump and all of this sort of stuff. People need to, to own it. They need to take responsibility. It needs to give them meaning, I think. That's what the culture is all about.
1: Yeah. Look, Mick, I, I'm with you a thousand percent. And there there are days, even now, with a huge team um, that, that I'm fortunate enough to have, there are days when I think, oh, imagine if I could just do it myself. And, and there's, there's times when we think it would be better to be on our own. But in reality, you can't do meaningful work for multiple people in a way that um, that works for you and works for your clients, your customers, and the people you want to want to help out to, to, with jobs um, without other people. So, n- no question, we we need to look past how good we are and focus on how good an environment we can create so that people can do their very best work.
0: Yeah, I love that that environment thing. You know, create the environment. Love it
1: yeah and Mick the even when all of this I'm self-employed these days and, and I suspect that most people on the on the line are and there are when we become a boss we move from being a technician um, even though some of us as bosses are still on the tools um, we, we move from only being on the tools to being a manager or a supervisor of other people and at that point we have to realize that our technical skill of how good we are at doing our job, is not the most powerful thing that we can focus on. It's the environment that we can create so other people can do their very best work. And the model that I like best, that I I like to describe, is to create an environment that's got a freedom within boundaries. Uh, And what I mean by that, Mick, is there's got to be boundaries. People have got to know when to knock on, when to knock off, when, when the breaks are, what the quality that you're expecting for, what is the vision of this particular build, or this particular year? What is the vision we're working on? But then we have to give them some freedom to act within in in a respectful way, but give them an opportunity to really own their job and do their best work. Because if we put people on a production line and just tell them to do it exactly the way that we would do it, then we don't necessarily um, get the meaningful engagement that that people, most blokes and girls, uh, they want to be able to make their job their own. But we have to do it in a way which makes them feel like they're empowered, but still within the boundaries of what we're trying to create in our in our teams. I think that's a really important concept for, for people to to consider as they start building a team.
0: Have you got have you <laughs> have you got the secret? Because I come up against this all of the time. I know there are people listening, they going, Oh, that sounds good. This is this is terrific stuff. Um mm-hmm. But they, you know, somewhere in their mind they're struggling. I've just noticed that Lee's joined us. Angela is with us as well. And Mr. Purden is with us all the way from uh not very far. I can almost see him out my window here. <laughs> <laughs> so good evening, Paul. Um the, the thing that I come up against a lot is people agree with what you're saying, but the roadblock is that 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 white knuckled stranglehold that they've got on. <laughs> On everything and you're going yes yes we've got to give them freedom and we've got to let them do but they've got to do it exactly as i want it Mm -hmm. how do we get away from that perfectionism or or control freakishness
1: so near enough is not always good enough there's no question about that we have to have standards and there's no question that um that as a physiotherapist and as a business owner and as a person i've got standards that i I expect and we we all do um uh, but but I I've realized over time that it's not lowering my standards. It's it's opening up the dare I say it, Mick, if I if I've got this, if I describe something on the screen and it's um my my fingers are sort of like the aperture of a lens or, yep. or of a camera. And when we take a photo, the the lens adjusts for for the right amount of light to come in to take the perfect shot. And as a technician, as a builder, as a physiotherapist, my my aperture is pretty tight. But then As a manager, I need to open up that a bit wider and I need to look through this lens a bit wider. And the more people I've got, the lens needs to be wider and wider wider and wider. And I can't be perfect on every millimeter of that lens, but I can have a view which enables to do very good work. It may not be exactly as good as I could do it if I did my own, but I can't do it all. Mm. That's the thing. I can't do it all. So we have to Uh, Not settle, but we have to understand that training our people, providing feedback, setting them up for success, and also understanding that our view needs to be just a little bit different when we're a a manager or business owner compared to when we're a technician.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure whether you uh, know a chap by the name of Andy Smith. He's got a plumbing business uh, in um, in Sydney. Good, good friend of ours, he's spoken to our group uh, a number of years ago and one of the things that impacted me was very similar to what you said uh, just then and, and – his plumbing business is such an awesome business. He comes in, I think Monday mornings to cook a barbecue for everyone. That's pretty much his his only engagement with the business. <laughs> and I want to talk about your lifestyle as well before we get out of here. But one of mm-hmm. the things that impacted me in in what he said one time was he had to come to the realization that the the business, the quality of the business was probably going to be around about 80% of what it was. Uh, without him, compared to what it was with him, and he had to be accepting of that, uh, and and that's a little bit tough. But I'm I'm assuming that one of the ways around that is is having great processes for communication, great systems and procedures, and reporting uh, can can create trust and and I guess get you to let go.
1: Yeah, entirely, Mick. Um, I don't have the number that that eighty percent um, suggestion is. is- Maybe that, that works, uh, might work for me as well. I'm not sure the number, but I'm with you a thousand percent that systems for training, systems for checking. And as the business owner and as a manager or a boss, there's, we have to notice things. We have to notice when things are either right or not quite right. And we have to communicate it. And we have to, people in our teams need to notice that we notice. Uh, and, and, and it's pretty simple stuff. I would encourage people to notice good stuff, to reinforce it, pat on the back, love your work, really specific feedback when things go well, but do not look past, do not move past something which doesn't quite um, meet the, the 80% standard, if you will, that it needs to be. Um, it's not everything's going to be 100%, but there's got to be a, a threshold or a, or a range that you're up you yeah. you but, but noticing things and making sure people notice that you notice
0: is a, is a really important concept. Yeah, absolutely. Paul Purden has said, a wise man once told me that if your team can perform uh, at 80% of your workload, you should be happy. I didn't even know you knew any wise men, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Tony has just joined us as well. Good evening, Tony. Uh, a little bit about the, the lifestyle and one thing that stuck in my head at uh, Ever since I spoke to you that, that first time, there was something that you said about the geography, like you chose to, to move and your home was a significant distance away from the office and there was a reason for that. And I, I just thought that is genius. It, it, th- that is commitment uh, and it really shows the, 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 the confidence and commitment that you had in your system and your team to be able to allow them to take the responsibility to fundamentally run the business for significant chunks of the week.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right, Mick. So uh, about eight years ago, my wife and I, it was just my wife and I at that stage, and we moved from here in Melbourne and we moved down the coast to a little town called Sandy Point in Gippsland uh, on the way to Tassie, but we're getting close to the <laughs> uh, the final stop before You before can smell it from there. yeah (laughs) and um so it's about two and a quarter hours or so drive without traffic from um from home to our office and i typically work from home two days of the week and then i'm here in melbourne and and i stay in town i don't drive back and forth every day but um for for two to three days a week and the reason i do that is the twofold one it allows me the space the drive and living out of town is the lifestyle that we choose and allows me the, the space to get away from the day-to-day the nitty-gritty the reactiveness of being a boss and think more creatively around what I'd like the future to look like and how I can bring that to life without being interrupted and and, and disrupted myself so it works well for me um, on the flip side and this is what I think you're you're um, suggesting as well me because it's really powerful is as the boss, if I've got people that are, that I've trained, recruited, trained, and are, are paying good money to do a good job, do a job, I need to get the hell out of their way and let them do a, do a great job. Mm-hmm. And I can I can do that from afar, but I can't always do it. Um, I can't do it as effectively if I'm looking over their shoulder all day, every day. And so that's the choice that I do make. And um, and eight years on, still doing it. And we've now got three kids to add to, the, uh, add to the mix these days, uh, mix, so it's uh, it's a bit more complex. Spending but but too much well. time
0: at home that indicates to me, uh, yeah, Paul, <laughs> too much time
1: at home.
0: <laughs> Paul, Paul Purden has just said, uh, that was you, mate, talking about the uh, the wise man, so it just goes to prove you don't know any wise, wise people. Um, so what in your mind what is what is the priority for you as far as being the leader of of this business because i know that builders out there will be thinking you know my priority is getting the work done and and that sort of stuff i don't believe that's your priority what what is your priority as far as being the champion of this building of a culture
1: yeah so Mick, I, for a long time, I've believed that my job as the business owner is three three main things. One is vision, and that is, what, what are we here for? What, what are we where we're we trying to do with this business? Uh, the second one is values, and we haven't talked about core values, but in short, if in 15 years of running a business, I reckon if there's one thing that I can do to help people read my mind, which they can't read my mind, <laughs> uh, Mick, and... Um, but it'd be bloody good if they could. Uh, <laughs> but but is is have a set of three to five core values or guiding guiding ideas that that really do set the scene as to what the behaviors that I expect here. So we've got some core values. Um, they are respect everyone, be memorable, find a better way, and think big, act small. That's one of our core values. And so my job is to set those values to train people on what what they are. And to reinforce and make sure that they are being lived as often as possible. And the third thing that I reckon my job is about is alignment, and that is every person being aligned to the vision and to the values, so that together, instead of being like a pack of people, pack of people crashing into each other and, and getting in each other's way, we're like the uh, the roulettes, as, or as close to the, the roulettes as we can, nice uh, that we're all moving as one <laughs> uh, to, um, to to bring the vision to life and. It might be an ideal, and it doesn't work perfectly, but that's the the idea that we're doing our very best to
0: to do. Yeah, um, I love that that roulette's metaphor. When uh, you you get up, uh, what what are the 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 actions that you know? We just talked about that that your priority is being the champion of. Of building the culture, and you know the facilitator and the guider and all of that sort of stuff. What does that translate to as far as actions in your day? Like, what are the the activities you prioritise every day to make sure that you are the champion of the culture?
1: Yeah, uh, Mick, th- this is a really uh, challenging one because I find a real challenge to balance the mix between three things. One is Communicating with being one of being one of the team and being close to and talking to my team members who are out there doing the doing and that is helping seniors stay mobile safe and happy. Uh, the second thing is leading and working with my senior management team because they're the ones who are ultimately responsible for the actual doing being um, coming to life. Uh, and the third thing is working on relationships and projects and things that are going to help us move towards the future and so in short the three things that I balance my time between are being close to my team um, on, on the ground on the job communicating with them getting on calls with them doing what I can uh, the second bit is is working with my executive team to make sure they're doing what they should be doing and, and leading them and, and the last thing is I've got projects of my own that I'm trying to bring to life and meet Potential business development contacts or new clients um, and things like that. That um, I'm not the only business person who brings business into our organisation. We've got people who can help us with that these days. But in as the business owner, I am in sales. There's no question. I'm in sales. We all are. We, we have to be and um, get off the tools. Beyond the tools. Call what you will. We are in sales, and we have to be. Yep. So it's a, it's a really important part of what we're about.
0: Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned, you know, managing the executive team and being on the on the phone to people. What's the role that you take? Is there anything? Uh, and the answer might even be no to this question, but I'll ask it anyway. <laughs> is is there anything that that you think at a conscious level that you need to maintain a certain place or a certain space? Uh, in the conversations with your team, so you don't sort of jump over and start telling and pointing and, and that sort of stuff. How do you do that?
1: Yeah, so so Mick, I'm the coach. Uh, I think that's the the way I like to nice. like to think of it. I'm I'm the coach um, of the team, and and I'm not talking about a playing coach um, or a captain coach. I'm the coach who provides the the teaching, the education, the feedback. The the reinforcing, and I do it by the right the right person. Um, And from an AFL um, perspective, if I if I employ a forward coach to help my uh, full forward kick kick straighter and kick more goals, and then I don't think that happens. I don't
0: think they exist.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, bad example. Um, But (laughs) but if I was, then I don't get out there at quarter time. Or send the runner out and give tips on how to kick better goals Mm. because I'm I'm not communicating via the right person. I I have to make sure that I'm uh, if that's if I've engaged someone to be responsible for goal kicking, then the goal kicking feedback and conversation has to go via that correct correct channel. Uh, That that's my that's my take on this sort of stuff. I think if if I dive in and start giving goal kicking uh, tips at quarter time, then. The goalkeeping coach thinks, "What the hell am I here for?" And the full forward doesn't know who to listen to. Yeah. Uh, so it's important that we do have those right communications.
0: Yeah. Um, having having meetings with with people, and this is something that I'm off always, you know, talking uh, to to our members about is is your role in meetings. And I always endeavour to get across uh, that your role really is a facilitator, and it, it, it's quite hard coming from a situation where you're used to running the meeting and that effectively meant telling everybody, disseminating information, now do this, now do this, is what we need to do rather than taking the role of the facilitator. Is Have you got any tips as to how you need to think or how you run your meetings and conversations and stay in that facilitation mode, if you like?
1: Yeah, I do. I do, and again, this is complex, Mick, because uh, we need our team to own their own jobs, so we need our team to not come to us with problems. We need people able to come to us with a problem and a suggested solution. Uh, that's the the environment that, that I create in our business that I expect that, that is most valuable in teams. Uh, by the same token, you can't wait forever for people to, to come up with the right the right answers and the right solutions. So there's a balance there, uh, but there's two, two probably answers to your questions. One is the better the quality of the question you're able to ask mm. is the better the response that you're usually able to get. So instead of just seeing receiving some information and very quickly reacting to it with a very often a closed question that us business owners sometimes uh, sometimes do, um, could, because we're already three steps ahead from that person in the in the conversation, uh, taking a moment to think where you want. For this person to their thought processes and where they want them to go to, uh, to come along on the journey with you as the um, as the as the leader, and then asking a question which will help them to understand that. Uh, that, that's one really important tip. It's really bloody hard, Mick, but it's, um, the more you practice, the, the the better you get.
0: I was <laughs> suspecting it might have been hard just to ask a question for many people, <laughs> let alone just a closed question. Because normally, you know, in in that sort of situation, the the the, the team member asks a question and the leader gives an answer, which in my world just creates learned helplessness. You're not helping them to learn how to come up with their own solution. So asking a question is a great leap forward. Yeah.
1: So here's the question for for everyone, and we've all been there, and, we, and I still find myself there sometimes, which is just giving answers. But when people ask me a question, often, and I'm getting better at doing this, Nick. But the answer is, what do you reckon? What do you think we should do? Is the re, is the response to the question, and and we and then we end up in a conversation around what are the possible options we could do. And you know what? They figure it out. They know what to do. And you don't get that same question coming at you every day, every week, every month.
0: Yeah. So, where, as I said, this goes in a blink of an eye. We are out of time. I would love to know where you are heading. Like, if if I'm going to talk to you in the next twelve to twenty four months, what what are the you know what do you what's the big thinking that you've got you know currently that uh, you're going to be acting small on?
1: Yeah. So, so Mick, interesting time for us at the Physio Co. Because this is 2018, and we've been working towards a 10-year obsession, a big 10-year goal that comes to life this year in 2018. So way back in 2009, we had a 20-person team, and we, we peered off into the future and said, imagine, imagine that if in 10 years' time, we had... Uh, close to uh, to 180 team members that would would over 10 years we've we delivered two million consultations to Australian seniors to help them stay mobile safe and happy, and we peered off in the future and we had no idea how on earth we're going to do it, but we uh, that was the thinking big and then we had uh, 10 years to figure it out Nick. and um and we've been working away at that for a long time. At the end of this year, the 10 years will be up. We are likely to land just a little bit short of 2 million consults. we're likely to land about 1.5 1.6 million consultations just to seniors and and we're doing about 400,000 per year so we will it will take us 11 years to get to a 10 year goal yeah. um, Nick and and i reckon that's all right mate what do I you reckon?
0: reckon that's awesome
1: yeah and, and so um, that and that's it so, is, so but know, without the big goal we wouldn't have got there so yeah. in short uh, we're in the middle of setting of setting what the next goal is going to be uh, but continuing to help Older people, old Aussies, um, but you'll see it's progress into more wherever people, um, wherever wherever older people call home is where you'll see it's progressing to. We've traditionally been in nursing homes, but retirement villages and people's own homes is, yeah. is where we're headed as we uh, continue to grow and uh, and get better at all we do.
0: Yep. Now, do you do you have any resources, books, websites, or anything like that? That uh, you know, I know, guys, that that you know, Tristan is in the, the physio space but it doesn't matter. Culture is culture and leadership is leadership and communication is communication and values are values. Uh, And if, if you can get a hold of any uh, resources or inspiration from any quarter, I'd be encouraging you to do so. So where can they find out a little bit more about what you do and how you think?
1: Yeah. Look. Thanks, thanks, Mick. And and, and look, uh, I learned so much from other industries, and I just encourage builders and 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 tradies and the like to to consider where you can learn new stuff from. Because I'm I'm with you a thousand percent, and that I haven't learned what I've done from um, from focusing on physios. That's for sure. No. Uh, and um, no disrespect to physios, but um, but we have to we have to think a bit a bit broader than that. Yeah. Uh, the answer is uh, I've got a blog site um, called tristanwhite.com.au dot com dot au. I've been blogging and writing articles on there since 2011. There's over 200 blog posts that, um, that are on there. Uh, last year, I brought it all together in a, in a book, my very first book, and I'll hold it up it's, uh, right there. Mick. Uh, it's Love called it. Culture is Everything. And uh, and that's the name of the book that you can download the first chapter and check it out for free on that blog site. We and want can, people to so buy it. Can, uh, we we buy just want of, yeah.
0: Where do they go just to buy it?
1: <laughs> they can buy it, they can buy a copy and I can send it to you from that blog that website. So tristanwhite.com.au. Copy and uh, pasting also, it into on, the comments on as we speak. Say that again. Nick.
0: I've just copied and pasted it into the comments and Facebook as we speak. There it is. Culture uh, is everything. How to build a strong workplace. So it's in the in the comments, folks, out there now.
1: Perfect, and if if traders or anyone's on the line would prefer to uh, to listen to it, it's an audio book as well, so you can uh, stick it on while you're driving to work or something like
0: that. We're big Audible fans here in Builders Business Black Belt.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's an you can get it on Audible as well.
0: Yeah, great, mate. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be signing off Facebook in a minute. Don't go anywhere. Um, so I can say see you later off air. But thank you, uh, folks, uh, for watching. A few people um, joined us just as – so who have we got here? Vivian jumped in. Nicholas, Jake is watching. Uh, Stephen O'Keefe made a comment. He says, since uh, you've given your team ownership of what they do – oh, this is a question for you. Since you have given your team ownership of what they do, have you found many of them – are better at the job than you <laughs> yeah
1: yes is the answer <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah entirely i my job as business owner is not to be the best physiotherapist in our organization hmm. i i need to um to recruit the right people train them and let them be, become the best people the right people doing the right thing at the right time is what our job as a business owner is
0: yeah awesome speaking of awesome scott carson said what an awesome insight. I'm not sure as to which insight he was referring. <laughs> You've had a few. Uh, Johnny no. Wells joined us, Ollie joined us, uh, and everyone's saying thank you. Uh, and it was great, and they loved it and all of that. And so did I. It was an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Uh, as we mentioned last time, uh, and the week before, I think, our goal is to get to that 250 members in Builders Inner Circle. When we get to that 250 members, I'm going to be putting on a two-day, a two-day live uh, session for uh, any of the members of Builders Inner Circle. The bonus in relation to that two days, is it will be in Hobart. Like how good is that? (laughs) And (laughs) if we do it quickly, it'll be in the middle of winter. (laughs) So That's even better. Like what would be better than coming down and spending two days with me in the middle of winter in Tasmania? Like what are you doing? Get this happening so uh we're creeping up i'm not sure exactly how many members we got now but it's sort of getting close to 170 or something like that we get to 250 and i'm going to pull the trigger on this and get a bunch of you guys down here and we're going to spend a weekend together and it's going to be great fun thank you tristan uh for sharing your your insights being so generous with your time and your knowledge i cannot thank you enough thanks guys for um For watching live, if you have any questions or comments, even if you're watching the replay of this, put them in. We monitor this very closely and we'll get back to you uh, as soon as possible. If you've got any questions, love to help you out. That is it. We'll be back next Wednesday evening for another Builders Problems Solved and we've got the legendary Angus Morrison next week uh, of Profit First Fame. So we're going to be delving into... Uh, the things that you need to do to get off the tools and make more money all at the same time. So if, you, if none of that interests you, you don't need to show up next week. But if you've got a remote interest in it, you can show up. So uh, thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you again next week. Mick Hawes, Builders Business Black Belt, Builders Problem Solve podcast. Bye for now. <laughs>